I think the men are reflecting that just from what you said, where they're like, Hey, I'm looking around. The only thing I have is my job and my wife and maybe my kids. I need something more that makes me feel whole. I will be a better spouse, father, worker, boss, whatever, if I'm more whole. And I think that's a lot of what this journey is about. And when you feel more whole, I think you feel less alone. Welcome to Soul Logic, not your breathy spirituality. This is neither tie dye running through fairy fields nor corporate performance metrics, but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom, moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset. We're your hosts, Cindy and Scott, and we're here to put the practical into awakening. Welcome to this episode of Soul Logic. Today, we're talking about the loneliness of awakening. What's interesting about the journey of undergoing a spiritual awakening is that while we may be surrounded by many people, for example, like-minded people, um, study groups, retreats, for example, the real work is the inner work. And it really is something that I found over the years can create a feeling of, of being alone. Because we're doing this on our own, the more that we stay in our minds, in our head, sometimes we can feel like we're the only ones. And I know on this journey at times, I felt like this unicorn. You know, when I started undergoing the spiritual awakening, it was many, many years ago, I was working in corporate. And I would say out of the vast majority of people that I associated with, there was nobody that I could talk to about this about what I was reading, about what I was thinking, what I was learning, what my questions were. And then what I would do is I would find people that I could talk to. I would attend workshops. I would go to retreats. And for those periods of time, whether it was a day-long workshop or a week-long retreat, I would feel like, ah, right, I'm in the place where I can be with these people that understand me. But then most of my time in life, I was in a place where I felt like I wasn't understood. Now, they didn't know that I was feeling that way because I wasn't even speaking up. So I felt lonely. I felt like I really had no place to go. And it actually caused doubt within me if what I was feeling, what I was learning, who I was becoming was really what was supposed to be happening. Does that make sense, Cindy? It does. And what's coming to me as you're talking is I have the same experience and where I'm finding some commonality is the loneliness I think comes from the hiding, the not speaking up. Because when you go find the workshop, the retreat, the spiritual teacher, you find, you start finding your tribe. It feels good in that community and you can withstand some of the stuff that's happening to you, the changes within an awakening process, but it's that hiding piece I did it at work. I actually did it in a relationship too. And that's where the loneliness sets in. I think when, uh, you feel like you can't, like this whole new thing is open. It's somewhat mind blowing what's happening to you. You think you're going crazy. You think your whole life is shifting and you can't speak to about it to the person close to you in my case, or even the people you work with every day. I mean, you see people at work a lot more than you see friends and you can't really even speak about it, or you think you can't speak about it. And I think that's the loneliness piece there at least part of it for me. The hiding piece that resonates with me. 
And I would never have connected it with that, but I realized that that's exactly what was happening. You know, I would go to, like I said, a workshop or I actually, I remember something it was about six years ago with a good friend of mine who I wouldn't say is a believer, but is certainly open. So that was, that was half the battle. Right. And we went to this amazing workshop and one of our other friends picked us up after the four hour workshop. And we were like on fire and just wanted to talk about it because it was so, it was such a powerful experience. And we started to talk about it and it was like a blank look. Like, I really don't understand why you spent that money to go there for four hours. And I don't want to say that it deflated me because I wasn't really, it didn't matter to me, but it was, it was sad, right? It was disappointing. And it, it made me feel like, oh, so here's one of my best friends that is trying to be polite and trying to understand, but honestly had absolutely no idea. It would have deflated me, to be honest. I mean, you know, it's like, here's this thing I'm yeah. excited about to not have the common understanding with the person. I mean, it's good for you that you didn't, but I think it would be common if it did. Yeah. And here's what it was. It was Abraham Hicks. Mm. So it was an Abraham Hicks, you know, workshop it was about four hours long and, you know, she's up there yeah. channeling Abraham. Esther's yeah. up there, you know, connecting with Abraham and the people up come up and they go into the hot seat. Then they ask the question. I was trying to explain the whole process. And I, I joke and I say, he's like a meat and potatoes guy, right? I mean, he's not, he's just, he's so grounded, so dense, you know, like that energy, energy wise that he just was, was not getting it. Like, I really don't understand why you spent four hours and all that money to go to that. And he wasn't being rude. He was like being very honest and, and genuine, but I was like, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> right, don't bother I mean, explaining. Yeah. But that's a piece of, I mean, we've talked about relationships and connection in the past. And when you go start happening, when this awakening start happen, starts happening to you, you want to share it. Cause you're, right. you know, you need some feedback. You're like, Hey, am I going crazy? Is this nuts? Like, yes, I am going to Abraham Hicks. Even I think it's a little bit nuts, but now you're sort of confirming it. And it's for me, it would be, I would retreat a little bit and go into my own world and be like, Oh, Hey, maybe that's not safe to share even with somebody close to me. And then that's, again, I think that piece starts to feel lonely until you find those people where they're like, no, you're not crazy. Or if you are, we're both crazy together because this is happening to me too. Yeah, it's a good point. Even in a relationship, I realized in the beginning, I kind of hid some of this because I'd been studying this for a long time. And so I hid a lot of what I was, what I was learning and, and who I was becoming. Not for any fear, but I just thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe he's not interested or maybe he'll think differently of, of me or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting too. The hiding, I think, happens on many different levels. I had the same experience. I remember buying um, Oracle cards and hiding them in like a nightstand where I knew he wouldn't find them or see him. And he was a self-proclaimed somewhere between atheist and agnostic, definitely not into religion whatsoever. And I'm not really into religion either, but I didn't have the words to describe spiritual versus religion or just energy connectedness. I didn't really have the language for that to describe it as I was going through still hard sometimes to talk about it or describe it. But I remember hiding those pieces away. And when I would talk about it, I mean, similar to your friend just would be like, okay, that's interesting. Like I'll listen, but there was no engagement. There was no, there wasn't even really any inquisition, you know, like, what does that mean by this? Or what does that mean for that? And that I found that 
hard. I mean, I found that it was a, such a big piece for me and emerging in me. And I couldn't share it with this person who was so close, not his fault at all. It was just, again, a piece of yourself that you want to share that if you're not able to, you just compartmentalize that piece a little bit. And that's, I think where the loneliness starts to creep in. Yes. I mean, that does create loneliness. It creates questions. It created questions in my mind for sure. And what I, when I look back at it, what I can understand is that for years of, of keeping some of that stuff secret, right. It really did slow my spiritual growth, my spiritual development, because I was having a tug of war within myself and I was living a very, you know, practical material world. Like not that I'm not now, of course I am. Right. I mean, I live in a house, I drive a car, that type of stuff, but I I felt like I was really split between these two worlds of the practical and the business world corporate. And then this other part, which quite honestly, I had a lot more interest in, but I didn't ever dedicate as much time to it because I'd give myself little bits and pieces of it. And just, I, I really, I really repressed a lot of my interest and you could even say talent with some of it. It's so interesting repressing that piece. That's really such a big part of you. And I think as it starts to come out, we're a little bit shaky too. And like that what's happening here and, and trying to gravitate more toward that piece of it. So I think it's even that much more painful when people don't understand or can't accept. And I think another aspect of that too, then is as you start to, at least for me, really embrace that spiritual part of you and let that balance tip a little bit in its favor, or at least balance back out to that material world you're just talking about. Then what happens is at least for me, the connection kind of flips. Like now I can no longer connect as well as I could to the person who doesn't understand. Like your friend who was like, I don't understand this. How could you spend that much money and, and, and go there for me at some point, there's sort of a scale that tips where now I'm like, how can you not explore this inner depth of yourself? And how can you focus only on materialistic and, you know, external things versus your inner world. And then with that friendships or relationships, acquaintances, things like that, they start to fall away because that's no longer my interest. Uh, And I know that's a common experience for many people going through this, where finally willing to admit this is important to me. I'm going to dedicate my time to this. I'm going to be at least a little bit more outspoken about its importance to me. Then those people start to like really can't embrace it or are weirded out by it or threatened by it or whatever. They do start to fall away. They do. And as um as you're speaking about this, I'm thinking back, you know, the big bulk of my kind of jump in the spiritual development and my focus on it and the allowing of it, as I say, you know, not repressing it was when I left my corporate work and was was in coaching training and the combination of the two, because they're really both inner work. You know, when I was going through coaching training, I thought, oh, this is great. I'll learn, I'll learn how to use these skills and techniques and maybe I'll be a coach. Maybe I won't. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. What I wasn't prepared for was the amount of inner work and self evaluation that was required going through coaching training. And I realized, oh crap, I need to get my own house in order first before I could even help somebody else do that for them. So it was a very interesting experience because it actually made me a lot more spiritual. It made me a lot more open to other modalities and, and different things to learn. And through all of it, a lot of relationships changed, which also increased the feeling of loneliness because I thought, wow, this feels so great. I feel so good. 
And some of the relationships changed very naturally. You know, we just kind of fell apart. Others, we didn't really, I mean, they, they remained in my life, but their importance wasn't as, as much as it was before. And then others came, became very close, which I was surprised about too. And the only reason why they became close is because instead of hiding, I was more open about what it was I was learning, what I was doing, and that sparked an interest in them. And as you were saying, you know, they were inquiring and they wanted to know, and one thing led to another. So it was really interesting how, say, I don't know, we'll say 20 people or out of 20 people, if you went this way, if you went that way, and a few became really close. So true. I think more and more people are opening up, I think, to this way of thinking and this way of being. I, I know you've been doing this a long time. I've been doing it since, like, within, with focused interest since 2006. And I can remember being at a media event for work, uh, you know, big corporations, Sony and you know, NBC and those kinds of things. And I'm at Valet at the checkout after a conference that had nothing to do with any of this topic. And just in line, as I'm waiting, I hear a couple of women in front of me. I can't remember what they said, but I remember thinking, what the heck? They're talking about spirituality in the middle of valet line. And I thought, this is a turning point. And then that kind of increased my awareness. Then I was in a client's location, also at like a big Fortune 500. And in just in passing, like in a, like the pre-meeting conversation, again, I hear just a hint of a, an opening of a conversation about spirituality. And I'm thinking, okay, times they are changing in a good way, in a really good way. So I think there's sort of, I don't know. I would be curious if you agree with this. There's sort of like this chasm between I'm having my awakening, what's happening. I'm putting it out there to people and they're going, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And you sort of like retreat and there's sort of a low point, if you will. And then as if you do the work, I think you could just get stuck there, but if you do the work, then you start to have that inner confidence, that inner power we talk about, and we're more comfortable talking about this aspect of ourselves. And you start to come out of that low point and into community. And then to your point, I think that energetic shift even allows other people to be more open. When you say, Hey, when you put out the small thing about spirituality or energy or whatnot. And they go, hmm, what are you talking about? So I think there's so many levels to it all, but I'm really encouraged just in my own experience to see people come to the conversation a little bit more willingly. Has that been, I'm curious if that's been your experience too. It has. Yeah, it absolutely has. And some of the people that I said we I've become closer to, we've developed a much stronger friendship are people that I never really expected that we would, but just because I took a risk and spoke up a little bit, or they said something to your point, that person said something, I commented on it a little bit of back and forth. And we realized, oh, there's a readiness here. There's a receptivity here to this. And absolutely. I'm much more encouraged. I mean, a little, you know about this, but I'll share it here for the listeners. I took a leap at the beginning of the year. And after my morning meditation thought, you know, it's time to start a men's group. Because I went on a retreat for men back in October and I was, and I have a lot of male clients and I started seeing so many common themes and then looking at my own life and the common themes there. And then these men that were in the retreat, 
the themes that they were sharing. And I realized, okay, there needs to be some sort of support for men because there isn't enough support. And I called it Awakening the Harmonic Warrior. I had this insight after the meditation to create it on Meetup, which I've never done anything where I've created a group. So within one hour, it was like divinely done. I had the image and everything all sorted. I had the write-up there. I posted it. I paid the money and I was now a premium member on Meetup. I forgot about it. I went to it the next day, checked it out. And I'm like, oh, wow, 12 men have already signed up. And it continued. And in the first, I don't know, five, six weeks, 85 men had signed up. And the first three events have been incredibly successful. They end up having waiting lists. And it shows me the readiness of, I mean, I'm going to say men in this case, but it's people in general, right? It's humanity is truly waking up. And I've been really um, both encouraged and humbled by this from what I've seen with the men and with the write-up that I put, you know, the about section, it's very clear that this is about awakening, inner power, what we talk about in our course, Roadmap to Awakening. And so much about opening up and becoming more loving, more confident, more open. And what does it take to be a man in 2022 and beyond? And it's really, really encouraging. I'm just, I'm thrilled by it because I, I don't think 10 years ago or even five years ago, this would have happened, but I think absolutely two years of COVID has made a lot of people, we've talked about this before, really question their role in society and the world and asking those deep questions. Who am I? Who do I want in my life? How do I want to show up? So. Every single man in the group has been saying, we feel like we have nowhere to go. We're alone. We have all these thoughts. We want to talk them through. We think we're the only ones that think like this or have these problems. And then they start talking in the group and they realize, oh, <laughs> you're just like me. Oh, I'm just like you. You know, we have the same challenges. So yeah. it's, it's really, it's really, um, it's really been very cool to see that because that is the beginning of any sort of awakening, right? It's just to just to step into an environment where you can open up, where you can start to do the inner work. And that's what these men are doing. They're, they're willing to start doing the inner work and they start, they're willing to start connecting at a heart level, which is something that they weren't doing before. And the stories that I've heard, they're just saying, you know, for so many years, I realized it's been my wife and my work. And I realized I put my entire life on my wife. And I just realized two years ago, that's not fair. And I have nobody. As I look around outside of my wife and kids and my work, I have nobody. <laughs> so, yeah. I, well, you know, I, well, two things. One, you call it, not called, this is not past tense. This is a going, ongoing, right? So let's say you call it Harmonic Warriors. Uh, say the name again Awakening the Harmonic Warrior. I am thrilled. I, as you know, I'm a huge champion for men being able to do this kind of work. And I'm so, happy that 85 and counting men are jumping on board in such a short time. I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, there's COVID has put a lot of us in that chasm of, of aloneness. And I love that you're providing a community for them to start doing that exploration because again, you know, it's an inner exploration, but to do it in community is super powerful because you learn from others, you get support from others. So, you know, you're not alone in the journey, you know, you're not crazy, you know, you do have other people going through it. And I think the thinking you're the only one going through stuff. I don't think that's only men that feel that. I think I've heard that from women too, but I just love, 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 as you know, (laughs) that you're doing this for men and and they have a place to go and and be safe and talk about these things. They're thrilled as well. Yeah, I'm thrilled. Yeah. I didn't expect it. I didn't, I didn't have any idea. It was truly just, okay, let's see what happens. And, and, 
you know, people that are listening might be saying, what does it have to do with the loneliness of awakening? Well, they've been lonely for so long, really for so long. And they're, they want to end that loneliness. But then as we start to awaken, it can be lonely too, as we've been saying before that, right? So there's different stages of, um, of feeling the loneliness. And it's different because we can be alone. And a lot of this work is solitary, but doesn't mean that we're lonely. And that's another point too, is that that feeling lonely is really driven by the ego. That's, a, that's something that maybe we don't talk about. We haven't mentioned yet in this, in this show. It's driven by the ego. Oh, I have to be liked. I have to be around this person. I have to, I have to do this or be that. No, no, and no. There is in a transition when you're sort of having people fall away and you're like, oh, it the ego hurts, right? You're losing friendships, you're losing relationships because you can't relate anymore. And your ego is definitely triggered hard. <laughs> and then you have a longing and some aloneness for these friendships to come back, or why is this happening, etc. But as you get that inner strength being alone doesn't equal loneliness anymore. Actually, you can have a really good conversation with yourself, a very good experience with yourself. You can attack these different aspects of yourself. Maybe attack is not the right word. Explore <laughs> these inner aspects of yourself without causing yourself to go into a, a dark place. You can actually be like, I know I've had things before where you're like, oh, okay, this isn't really my most favorite aspect of myself. And before it might have spun me out and set me you know, like, oh, nobody loves me. And you get that lonely feeling, right? As you have more inner strength, then you can say, okay, I don't like this aspect of, I don't like this way of being that I have. And I also then have the power to change it. And there's something in that power that supports that being alone piece that where it starts to transition you from lonely to being alone, being fine. And actually sometimes a really good place to be that where you can contemplate and work solutions out for yourself or ways of being for yourself. I think the men are reflecting that just from what you said, where they're like, hey, I'm looking around. The only thing I have is my job and my wife and maybe my kids. I need something more that makes me feel whole. I will be a better spouse, father, worker, boss, whatever, if I'm more whole. And I think that's a lot of what this journey is about. And when you feel more whole, I think you feel less alone. Completely. And you have that confidence. You have the inner power. We have the confidence. We do feel whole and we're not as blown by the winds or we don't care so much what, what is happening. We do care, but we, it doesn't affect us right. negatively. We're much more confident in, in what we're doing and how we're showing up and putting ourselves first. It's not selfish to take care of ourselves. So that's important as well. That's true. So as we wrap up is and move into this, like how, what were you, what are steps you recommend to listeners as far as making that transition from loneliness to being okay, being alone? I think it's important to identify, really understand that that feeling of loneliness is coming from the ego. And once we know that we can call it, like we can shine the light on it and say, okay, so that's my ego. That's my mind trying to keep me safe trying to make me feel that things maybe aren't right, but everything is just fine. Everything is right. And little reality check here. I'm doing what I enjoy participating in this, doing that. Right. And, and let's, let's focus on what's working. You know, it's a lot of it's about our, about our mindset and about our positive focus. So let's focus on what we're doing, what we enjoy. And that's, I love how you said earlier that there's a shift at some point 
And that's what happened with me. I was dabbling for a long time. I was dabbling because I was hiding, because I was repressing this, because I wasn't sure that I could ever blend it into my mainstream life. Did that for a long, long time, probably 15, 20 years. And then I just said, the heck with it. I don't care. And I started taking more and more steps into it. And then there was that, that tipping point. I can't tell you exactly when it happened. I think it was around 2016. There was that tipping point. And then a, another tipping point happened around 2018 through the twin flame relationship and then into the dark night of the soul. And it wasn't all roses, you know, <laughs> sunshine and roses. There was a lot of difficulty, but that's okay because a lot of my old ways of being had to fall away. And what's interesting is even during all of those difficulties that I went through, I wasn't feeling lonely. I was alone, but I was also trusting myself that what was happening was right. So I think some of the, the other tips are to have compassion for ourselves as we're going through anything that we're going through. Once we understand that loneliness is caused by the ego, have some compassion and start to trust ourselves more. Yeah, and I'm going to just add one shameless plug <laughs> for our course, The Roadmap do to it. Awakening. Because one thing that we do talk about, you just made me think of it when you're talking about how long you spent in that. I think with more awareness that we referenced earlier in this podcast coming on board, our, that course is specifically designed to help you move at a more rapid pace than we were able to move through to have a roadmap, literally some, there's some common markers in the awakening process. You don't have to spin around for years and years or decades like you and I did. And that really is it. The process is still your own. You're still going to go through it, but to get through that loneliness to being okay, being alone path can happen much more rapidly and with a lot less pain. You can, you have the support of that. And then also finding your tribe can be, if those are the two things I would recommend to people going through this would be learn the path fairly quickly, like understand what's going to happen and find a tribe. And that will do wonders for your own inner support and that, that confidence and feeling and knowing that you're not alone, or even if you are physically alone you're okay. I agree. I love the shameless plug. I think that's very <laughs> valuable. The, the course and the course is, is a very good companion to this, this journey. It really is. It, it does help lay it out. I mean, that's why we call it roadmap to awakening, because as you said, there are some common markers and, you know, let us be your guides right during this portion of it. I want to say one thing too, that when I would go through say to a week long retreat, I mean, that was a high, right? There was a lot happening over all these people that became like minds and we became very close to and shared a lot with and learned a lot with in that period of a week. And then I would come back home and there was almost like a low. So anticipate that and know that there are the highs and lows that happen throughout this journey. It's natural. It's very normal. And once you know that, and you have some compassion for yourself as you go through it, because it can make it much easier versus expecting that when you come back, everybody's going to be at the same place you are, it, it's not possible. You'll have the people that are, but majority may not be, and that's okay. So having compassion for yourself and having compassion for others, we're all where we need to be on our journey. And that's a very beautiful thing. We can all be teachers. We all are teachers to each other. So let's embrace that. Let's learn along the way. And it, it does help. I have found it does help to ease the feelings of loneliness, to embrace the solitary moments that are required for the deepening of the learning. We're going to talk about some of those places to find that presence, retreats, and different ways to engage with community in a future podcast. 
But in the meantime, we thank you all for listening today and know that you are not alone.